0: I was intentional about my business before I even had my real estate license. So I had someone that was like, Hey, in January, I want you to list my house. You know, I was like, okay, sweet. Uh, let's do it.
1: So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui, and today I get to interview Chaz Halbert. Chaz and I have been talking for a little while. We have a bunch of stuff in common. The, uh, he's from Rockland, California, from right up the street with where I spent many years living and coaching soccer, and we used to ride bikes on the same road uh, and a lot of that same fun stuff. So we should have hit the recorder earlier, but here we are. Chaz, welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. Really stoked to be on.
1: Yeah, the I am stoked to have you. The, uh, you're living in one of the, the best places in the world right now. What's the real estate market
0: like out there right now? Yeah, so Placer County, where I do most of my business, is um, crazy busy. We have a huge influx of uh, people from the Bay Area and from Southern California and all around, and um, our market is is booming. It's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> oh.
1: And the and so for people listening who don't know where Rockland is, so Sacramento is Northern California, capital of California. Rockland is about a thirty minute drive up the yeah. road. Say. So it's pretty quick access to a lot of the things that the city offers, but the, but a small town feel. And when I left Southern California to go up to central California, Rockland was the first place I lived. And first, you know, some of the first place I got to bring home my babies and my kids and raise them for a good part of, of their life out there. And the, and you had mentioned something that we started, that we started seeing a lot of in early 2020, right? So, COVID hits and pre-COVID San Francisco Bay Area is is on fire. Prices going up like crazy and they had been forever. A lot of huge tech companies were out there. And San Francisco is a beautiful city. Like the Bay is just a beautiful city when you're down there and you get to see everything. There was so much excitement. And every time we got to go down there to, you know, just for the day, we were excited. And then 2020 hits, cities get less exciting. You know, people start, you know, traveling, wanting to get other places. Some of the listeners have heard, so during you know May, June, July of 2020, my house in Loomis up by where Chaz lives, we, would, we we put it out on Airbnb. There's this giant property and companies used to do it for company retreats. And we started seeing all these families from the Bay Area that they were paying the company price to come up as a family of four. There's like 16 beds in this house and a family of four would come up because they just needed a break from the Bay Area. They just need to go somewhere during COVID to go like, yeah. Life and it sounds like and so like people are still moving up there. They're, you're still seeing an influx of. What do you think is driving people moving out of the Bay Area into Rockland, where you are?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the main the main driving point is the prices in the Bay Area are so high, um, and it's very competitive out there as well. Obviously, because it's a huge um, spot for tech jobs, right? And someone can sell their condo in Livermore or somewhere else in the Bay Area for seven or eight hundred thousand dollars or maybe a million and they can come up here to Rockland and they can buy a three-bedroom or four bedroom single family home with a good sized backyard for six or seven hundred thousand and their quality of life is up, the schools are great, it's just over an hour drive to Tahoe, but it's still close to everything else in the Bay Area. So if they're working remote, you know, they can work from home or the commute is not that long. And it's just kind of like the perfect storm. And it's just caused this massive influx of people. And we see it too, like these, these buyers from the Bay Area, they have tons of cash. You know, they sold their house and and you know are sitting on a ton of equity. And they come in and they've really, you know, just driven this market. I think that Placer County's gone up 20% in the last 12 months um, on the median price. So it's been pretty uh pretty good for the market up here for sure. And it's it's continuing as well in 2022.
1: Yeah. How many deals did you do last
0: year? So last year was my first year in real estate. I got my license November of 2020, right at the end, um, did one transaction in December and then hit the ground running. And I did 23 transactions in 2021. Yeah.
1: This is going to be an exciting podcast to just really talking about how to hit the ground running. And and for yeah. agents, whether they are new agents getting started or agents that have had a tough time getting deals over this last year, I think it's going to be Fun for us to dive in. What's the average price point out there?
0: So the median is right around five hundred and fifty, um, and I think my average sale price uh, was right right at five hundred. So um, I focused a ton on first time buyers. Look, I'm a thirty year old guy. Um, my sphere of influence is a lot of you know people, millennials that are starting families and you know have their careers now and are looking to buy their first home. So um, that was a lot of my clients. We were trying to get something you know under that 500 range which was hard to do but we got a lot of them done surprisingly
1: yeah the for what's the fha limit over there
0: oh you know you put me on the spot here is it is it over 500 now like the- i think so yeah and the the con- i know the conventional loan limit is like up i they just raised it it's above 600 now so um yeah and i don't think FHA I don't think replace. So if I
1: if I look it up, so I, I just googled and so said, "What's the FHA loan limit in Placer County?" Six hundred seventy five thousand. Yeah, yeah. So, which is you go right up the street, Plumas County. The FHA loan limit is four hundred twenty thousand. Yeah. So the so wild as that kind of so six hundred seventy five thousand. Your average price points five hundred thousand. You're focusing on new first time home buyers. Are most of them FHA buyers?
0: Actually most of them were conventional 5%, I would say. Um, I did have some FHA. I had a couple FHA with down payment assistance as well where I had a great lender partner that was able to kind of get them in if they didn't have a ton of cash right um, And we went that route. and with rates being what they were at, it made it doable and the payment was good for them. So um, I guess those numbers might be slightly skewed because I do have a couple land deals in there that maybe bring that price down. That average price point was probably around 550. Um, and that includes, um, there was a couple condos in there as well. So
1: how are you getting, so did you do any listings last year?
0: I did seven. Yeah.
1: So, so how did you start the year with no customers, no clients get that many deals? And how did you start as a buyer's agent and turn that into so many listings?
0: So I'm going to preface this with, uh, I'm a man of faith and I was incredibly blessed. I'm going to just going to preface it with that coupled with a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck. Look, before before I got in, even had my license, um, I was so driven to be successful in real estate. Um, it was, you know, just to paint the picture here, my daughter had just been born um, February of 2020. Uh, the first day I dropped her off at daycare and my wife was working full-time at a solar company still. I was like, man, it's time to, time to make a change. And, uh, you know, time to put your big boy pants on and, and make something for yourself. And luckily, I had this great experience in commercial construction, working with my dad at his company. I was basically running the show there. Um, we were doing tenant improvements and commercial TIs and restaurants and things like that. And I was working directly with owners and had all this experience in client relations. And was like, okay, I'm going to jump into real estate. I'm going to do this and just kind of, you know, I I was intentional about my business before I even had my real estate license. So I had someone that was like, Hey, in January, I want you to list my house. You know, I was like, okay, sweet. Uh, Let's do it. You know? And, and also the day after I got my DRE number, you know, my best friend wants to go buy this investment property in Rockland on an acre. And we beat out 21 offers, five of them being cash with a conventional loan Um, and got him, got him that one. And then um, got this listing had you know, with just, I, I had a really, really great mentor and a high performing agent that was like my second mom. And she really helped me, you know, she basically wrote my first offer for me, right. And helped me do my first listing agreement, but it was, we were in the thick of COVID for my first listing. And, you know, so there was no open houses or anything I could do, but I had three or four different sign or internet calls. And I just scheduled appointments with each, each one of those people and, uh, did a tour of the house. Hey, look, we got 11 offers on this house already. We might be a little late, but let's get you pre approved um, and get you onto another one and flip them all to buyers and close them within a couple months. And man, just the traction just kept rolling. And it was just intentional about every conversation with everyone that I knew. And uh, it's just, it's just snowballed from there.
1: All right. Let's, so let's dig into some of that stuff a little bit. Yeah. So we go back to 2020. You said before, and you told me before we hit recording that the, before you became an active licensed agent, you were listening to you. You were listening to the podcast. You were listening to a lot yeah. of the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. You were trying to come up with strategies, and you told us that you were so intentional about it that you already had a listing in January. You know that was like knowing. So, tell us about that a little bit. Uh, when did you start listening to the podcast? And were there two or three strategies, or maybe one big strategy that you got out of that and said, "I am gonna, I am gonna do this"? When so you said you got really intentional what's those one or two things you got really intentional about in 2020 as you were getting ready to launch?
0: Yeah. So I started listening to the podcast right away, um, pretty much every day. And one of the things I I just picked up little nuggets here and there um, from so many of these great interviews and so many of these top performing agents. But I realized one thing, it's like every conversation, no matter which way you steer it, if you ask the right questions and care about these people, it's usually actually going to circle around to they're going to ask you what's going on in your life, which gives you the opportunity to bring up, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting into real estate. Hey, I'm quitting my job and making a leap of faith. Or, yeah, I'm bringing my expertise into this new industry. Do you know anyone that's looking to buy or sell? I'm looking to launch my business, right? Um, and just being like with every conversation, not being fake, but allowing yourself the opportunity to have that conversation with that person, whether it's someone that you just met or someone that you've known forever. What I've learned is people, they wanna be a part of your success story, but you gotta allow them to. Real Estate rock stars. this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick
1: commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads help reach out to people that aren't listing their pro- their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, Hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, Hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. You talk about how simple that process really is. And we have talked about it. On, a lot of people have mentioned that on the podcast is very simply when you're talking to people saying, Hey, what's new with you? What have you been doing? Being very curious about people in their lives. Mm-hmm. And then they're curious with you and not being afraid to say like, and being honest, Hey, I'm new at this. Do you know anyone I'm trying to start my business? Like, you know, me as a person, or you could see I'm likable It's part of, and if that's one of your strategies, you have to remember that wherever you're carrying yourself, you're carrying yourself as an agent. They used to, I remember in high school with different sports teams, they were kind of like, make sure you don't get in trouble while you're wearing your uniform. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like football, if you got in trouble, you know, if you were doing something that you weren't supposed to be doing, but you were also wearing your football uniform or wearing your soccer uniform, like that was even worse because you were representing your school at that point. And in real estate, you're like representing your brand wherever you are. So like the, uh, to the person that's like yelling at the, at the waiter or the waitress, or yeah, there's so many times in life that people like show different sides of themselves, but you got to always be showing your good side. So you can, when you're having those conversations, it's like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm doing. Do you know anyone? And they get to see like Chaz is a likable guy. Let me see if I can help him grow this. So let's break down. So, so you had been telling people, Hey, I'm doing it. Do you know anyone? Who was that person that gave you your first listing?
0: So he was a husband of someone that was in my wife's, um, it was like a Bible study group. And he's actually, he's a loan processor for a really excellent lender um, here in the area. And we were just hitting it off at dinner. And I was like, yeah, man, I think I'm going to get into it. And I, there was like three other realtors in the room at this dinner at the same time that he had already known. And he's like, Hey man, we're going to sell our house. Like we want to use you just because we, (laughs) we hit it off and I was I just said okay you know let's let's do it you know and I mean luckily this was the perfect listing to launch your career it was under 400,000 in Rockland which is a single family residence which is like so hard to come by and the house was covered in dry rot and needed a roof and had least solar on it and it was a nightmare but it was a good nightmare and it brought a ton of action you know
1: that's what you're talking about, like being that man of faith and putting yourself out there. Like there is, there is a lot of good luck. So let's say like that first listing is good luck, right place, right time. You're there telling people you get that first one in luck, but you turned that listing now into a bunch of different clients, Mm -hmm. right? Briefly went over that. If I heard, if I understood that right, you had multiple offers. People were calling on those sign calls. At that point, you could have said, sorry, I have a whole bunch of offers and or when they say like yes we're first time home buyers we have we haven't been approved yet but i cuz dealing with first time home buyers and sign calls is this extra level of effort that a lot of times listing agents don't give them the time they need because they say oh do you have a lender yet no all right well find a lender and then call me back like there's there's a lot of happening in real estate where people see a okay. possible lead as too much work now you were, you you were new, you didn't know any better, or you knew from the podcast that you weren't going to let that go. So was there a, was it like a no brainer for you? Like the next people call, you're like, well, Hey, I should go show them the house in case I get sold something different. Was it, Hey, I'm just going to be a kind guy and lead with value and see what happens. What was your mindset during that time?
0: Uh, My mentor walked me through it a little bit. And it was, it was just kind of the, the, Hey, let's meet here and let's pretend that this is not my listing. So I'm, I'm gonna pretend I'm your agent and I've never walked in this house before and let's go tour it together. So we would go tour the property. And this was like four different appointments, basically all an hour apart on a Sunday, right? We already had a bunch of offers in hand. And each person, you know, I'd point out, hey, it looks like there's some dry rot here. And uh, you know, like, oh, this room's nice, but this one's a little bit small. And oh, look how they stage this. You know, it looks like they're trying to make the room look bigger, you know, because they only have one night, something like that. And just kind of, you know, having a conversation with them and getting to know them a little bit and Then I'd be like, well, hey, what do you guys think of the house? And they're like, ah, it's pretty good. I don't, you know, it's kind of, it's got a lot of stuff wrong with it. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, I got it. You know, I, I, I see what you're saying. And, and, uh, and then we'd have the conversation. I'm like, well, are you pre-approved? And they're like, yeah, with Quicken or no, not yet. Or, you know, we're talking to a lender and I'm like, okay, well, look, this place has already got a bunch of offers and it doesn't seem like you like it that much anyways, but let's do this. Let's get you pre-approved with a really excellent lender. And let's go find another house and be ready to go and be those first ones in line and get you that house. And I just told them, look, I want to be the person that that gets you into that house for the first time. And I will I will do whatever it takes to do this for you. And they were like, okay, let's do it. and And we went and did it. It was crazy.
1: Yeah. So the so now you're looking back, you you you, you crushed your first year, right? You're hitting in your second one, and it was during this kind of weird time where, um, you know, there's probably like you were willing to put in effort and go do the showings, and it, it was a little harder to show houses, a little harder to do everything, and going through that process. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna give someone advice today, and say like, hey, if you're a new agent, right? If you're a new agent entering this market today, here's one or two actionable things that you should do right now in order to succeed in this market what would you say
0: i mean i think the biggest thing is is just being intentional about your business and not being afraid to put yourself out there whether that's through whatever you know outlet that you choose like for me instagram is really great for me but it's not just it, you can build your business around who you are and and not do the cookie cutter you know, what you see out there, like you can do it, however you want to do it, but you have to, you have to put in the work, right? So, you know, put yourself out there, have conversations with people every day about real estate, whether it's someone that you think it, you're going to do business with or not, right? And then bring actual value to people's lives. If you focus on bringing value to people's lives and not just focus on them as like a, a commission or a deal being done, and, but you're just like, hey, how can I serve this person today? They're going to reciprocate by serving you in what you're most passionate about and what's most important to you is what I've found. And just bringing value and just being a good human being, it goes a long way in business. I think more than people give it credit for. Yeah. What and you- then oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say num- number two, uh, which is super important is get a really, really great mentor. If you're jumping into the business, someone that's not afraid to pick up the phone day and night, no no matter how many times that is, um, someone that's like going to walk you through all the contractual items and all the scenarios, and that will show you how to do it. Maybe they're not going to show you how to bring, you know, clients into your business, but they're going to show you like the actual mechanics of the business, right? Um, having that person to lean on for me was was vital. Without, without that person, there's no way I would have been successful. Um, and I feel super fortunate to to have had a great mentor, you know. And our brokerage is set up to where we have one when we sign up, and uh, you know, for your first six transactions, this person they actually get a cut of your commission, so they're motivated to help you. But this person would have helped me either way because she's like family. So, hey, real estate rock stars, this is Airdamuchestegi, and I'm interrupting
1: myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know. You guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors. But this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was, and he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US, he uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now, I've I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do do you know? Best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstar. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Now back to our show. All right. So I was going to ask, how did you choose the person to mentor you? But it sounds like in, in your situation, you said to choose the right office to go work for
0: yeah, well, it was mainly when I decided to get in the business. Um, her name's Stephanie Ward. She's one of the top agents at um our brokerage here in Rockland, which is Realty One Group. Complete. There's seven hundred agents at this broker- brokerage, but I think she was like tenth in our office last year and did forty transactions or something by herself. Like she's she's a heavy hitter, but she's a really good human being, and her her business is all sphere and referral based like, and she doesn't do any marketing or anything like that. People come to this, this agent because she's just a really good agent and a really good human. And she's built this business just off of that, which is phenomenal. You know, it's pretty, I I think it's pretty rare to see that, to be honest.
1: The Sacramento area is pretty unique too, because there are actually a lot of private non-affiliated brokerages that are huge. Mm Mm-hmm. Like there's several brokerages out there that have you know 10, 20, 50 agents that aren't part of any larger branch or larger uh, anything else. I think that's something that I think is uh, is unique to that area. And I don't and I don't really know what what caused it or why. But as I see um, uh, now that I'm out in Texas, I see a lot more. I see most people are affiliated with one of the lar- the you know the large brokerages out there, or they're really small shops. I haven't seen very many personal shops that are that are giant. Although we've interviewed a few people that kind of talk about, you know, brokerage models and team bridge models and, and how to grow out there. The, are you doing anything for lead generation right now?
0: The only lead generation that I do is just organic off of my social media. Um, and I, I got a fair amount of business through that. Um, I kind of, built that on the back end before I ever knew I was going to be a real estate agent. Um, you know, I was a professional motorcycle racer and I kind of built a little bit of a following on, on social media through that, just for sponsor plugs and, and things like that. And just kind of had a lot of connections with people. And then it just turned, turned it to the business side. And, uh, it's, it's been really great. Um, I do have one partnership with an iBuyer that doesn't work in, in the state. Well, they actually are now, so that won't be happening in 2022, but, I did have a referral partnership with them that got me two listings that will be closing this year so but other than that it's it's just really um, it's been a lot of referrals and just putting myself out there organically on on social media, sharing market data and just trying to be that source for people that know me right So if someone has a real estate question or concern or wants to talk about it, I want them to think of me when they want to talk about it. yeah, without shoving it down their throats, right. That's the fine line that we we dance.
1: (laughs) Do you have any examples of if somebody's wanting to get started in social media, what their first post should be? What should they be talking about?
0: I would just say that, you know, be honest with people, right? Because these people that already follow you on social media, they are people that already like you, right? You know, or they already know you. So tell your story, say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm jumping into real estate because I'm not happy with my career doing you know whatever their whatever their job is, and you know, you know, will you you know follow along with our journey and support me, and then from there, you know, show how you're a professional and how you're knowledgeable in the business. But really, just I think allowing yourself to be a tiny bit vulnerable, um, it breaks down some barriers for people. Yeah, I think that the
1: I think listeners, I think you should go check out Chaz's Instagram page because I'm looking at it right now, and there, it's mostly. Here's Chaz riding bikes. Here's Chad's wife. Here's Chaz's kids. Like here, like he's just out like living life. And then every once in a while you have sprinkled in, yeah, I'm an agent. Here I am showing a house. Like the, it looks like one in every 10 is a real estate related post. And when you talk about how social media has actually generated leads for you in such a way that you're like, no, I'm just being authentic. I'm just having people like me and then letting them know I'm a real estate agent. Um, it's funny because sometimes we tell people like uh, the business won't fall in your lap. You have to take action. Right. But then there's uh, some s- simple things like that where the amount of action that people can take is, Hey, just be authentic, put yourself out there a little bit and then being willing to have, you know, those conversations uh, when they're there, what are you planning? What do you think you it's going to be like next year? What are your goals for, or what are your goals for 2022?
0: So I would like to, do more listings. So that's, that's really the goal is to kind of up that percentage from, you know, 30% listings to maybe 50 or 60. Um, And I'm working with a coach right now, that's kind of helping me leverage my listings, hopefully into more of those a little bit, something that's, you know, out of my realm, since my, my business has been so, so organic, right. But um, look, on my bike, I have a coach that I pay, you know, to write my whole training program, if I can do that on my bicycle and I weigh all my food that I eat and all this stuff, like I should probably have someone helping me coach on the real estate side as well. Um, Because really I've just been flailing in 2021 and just figuring it out and did a lot of business. But, um, you know, so 2022 for me is like the year of systems. That's the goal. So um, we'll see what the market does. I think in the second half of the year with rates going up, I'm, I'm interested to kind of see how that plays out and keeping a close eye on that. But yeah, definitely just, Just trying to trying to do more listings and you know do the same amount of buyers hopefully and just kind of you know maybe I don't know if if doubling my business is is a you know achievable goal but you know maybe bumping it up by twenty five percent or so is is kind of what we're looking at trying to do.
1: Yeah, the um, well, I think that you're targeting pretty low. I think you've got lots of chances, lots of upside there. So the. So have you already started talking to your coach about how you're going to get more listings, turn your listings into more listings?
0: Yeah, we're coming up with a plan for that right now. And it's just, you know, when I have these listings and they are going pending, it's like, Hey, we're, we're knocking the neighborhood and we're talking to the neighbors and we're sending out mailers and just kind of doing a little bit more advertising in the neighborhood and things like that, setting not a huge budget for it, but, and also being willing to go out there and just talk to the neighbors and I have an open house, but when I do have that open house, not just holding it open, but Hey, like, let's go, let's go chat with everyone in the neighborhood and tell them what we're doing and to come check it out. And, you know, kind of go, going that route with it, you know, uh, having more conversations with people.
1: Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting. And now the big rent ready mystery can be revealed. Rent ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords. It's so new, I haven't even got a chance to check it out yet. Now you can easily connect your rental properties from RentReady to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with RentReady's newest partner, REI Hub. Now, I've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past, and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate APIs so it can talk to our existing systems. And there really, any type of software that collects payments doesn't make it very easy to do that. But now with Rent Ready, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your Rent Ready profile. You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolios, balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this. And here's something even more exciting. As always, with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using Rent Ready, You can sign up using our special code Rockstar50 and get 50% off your RentReady subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using RentReady, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, it's RentReady with an I at the end. R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. So these, so that's great advice, right? So there, and there's something in there that, that I think that listeners can use to apply. So most of the people I, I have brought on have a lot of newer agents that usually start with buyers' agents. They usually have a niche. And then if they do that long enough, it usually leads to a listing, either from a you know one of their customers they helped buy a home for to something else. And now you're taking that listing and you're saying, just like your very first listing, you said I'm gonna turn this listing into four other buyers, four other customers. It's kind of that mindset that if you can get one deal, either as a buyer or a seller, that you can turn that deal into a bunch of deals. Yeah. So if you're trying to grow, try to look at every deal as one, provide as much value as you can for your customer. And then two, how can you take this opportunity and turn it into more? And as a listing side, it could be you're really active with all the buyers that come in and you turn some of those uh, buyers into customers by providing value and adding value for them. Mm-hmm. Let's get really specific on that method now. So if somebody is holding a house open, the you go knock on neighbors' doors, you knock on the door, what do you say?
0: Okay, so I'm still working on this. So um,
1: awesome. now, talk through what are your ideas? What do you, th- yeah, what do you think?
0: Yeah. So telling the neighbors, hey, you know, we're holding the house open down the street. If you want to come take a look, this is what we're listing at. We're getting a lot of activity. You know, if you want to come take a look at the upgrades that the seller did, you know, I'd love to walk you guys through it in case you're looking to sell. Um, did you know that this is, you know, or if it's pending, did you know that this is the new highest comp in your neighborhood? You know, hey, what did we do? Oh, man, how did they get that roof done? Oh, well, look, I have a contact for that. You know, we got their roof done for $8,000. I thought it was going to cost 15. Um, no, I have a contractor that I work with that's, you know, can pull a permit and do it legit and do it for a little bit cheaper, you know? Um, that's another thing that has helped me a ton is just having a lot of resources, little side note there from my background. So have a lot of relationships with contractors and subs and things like that, which, uh, my clients on listings have really, really, um, enjoyed. And I think that that was one of the things that they, um, liked most about working with me, but just having a conversation with the neighbors of maybe they. it's funny because we, I'm not in this industry. I haven't been in here for super long. Right. So I kind of remember what it was like to just be on the outside and look, I, I own my house here in Rockland and I didn't know what it was worth. Like if someone knocked on my door and was having an open house and they were, a, they weren't like in my face trying to be a salesperson. They were just like, Hey, did you know your house is listed up the street? And they already got a bunch of offers and it's going for, you know, $600,000. I'd be like, are you serious? Like, wow. Yeah, I didn't it- know that.
1: <laughs> That's probably a benefit too in some of these neighborhoods. like So people out there are listening, like, there's probably, a sp- like Rockland area, I know it's like that. I know it's like that in certain neighborhoods out here in Austin. I knew it was like a, all over Northern California, we did deals very similar in Arizona. Most houses built in the last, really in the last 30 years now, crazy how long I've been in real estate, but most houses built in the last 30 years have multiple houses of the same exact floor plan within a mile or two. So you see a house pending that's not yours, right? Like the, like, let's say you're just trying to go drum up deals by door knocking and you see a house go pending and it's now the new highest comp. I love Chaz's talk of uh, being able to knock and say, Hey, did you know your exact house up the street? is now selling for $600,000 because not everybody's always paying attention to knowing which houses are the same floor plan and what's happening. And maybe they see the signs come up or not, but that's a very unique specialist thing of going, no, like I know you've heard the markets on fire, but your exact house, same builder, same floor plan, same year built half a mile up the street is now selling for this. It's the new high. Did you know that? And yeah. you tell them that before, like they can see it pending or they can see it listed, but you're getting to say like, no, it's, like, this is the new thing. I think that definitely gets you in the door with some of those conversations and then being able to to take that as you're expanding out. I think that's a fantastic, like, it's a different level of doing research, like not just door knocking the neighborhood, but door knocking, like this one's actually the same house in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll see how that works out. But I just, you know, I think the perspective of I'm trying to always keep that perspective of not a real estate agent, right? Because I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in in our own little world of real estate agents, but I'm not that far removed from being on the outside of it. And it's, it's different. I think what the general public looks at is a different perspective and we need to keep that in mind, you know, when we're talking to people, because it's just, that disconnect, I think, just gets larger as you're as you're more engulfed in this industry. I've noticed. So keeping that perspective is super important. Yeah, yeah, you
1: know, and and let's see the wh- what? How does your GCI break down now on your deals? A bunch of a, my GC- just you? Like, uh, do you still have a team leader? How how's all that work?
0: Yeah, no, I I was never on a team. Really, how our brokerage works at Realty One Group is the first six transactions, they take a 30% split for your training fee. And then after that six, you're 100% commission, which is a small flat fee. So my GCI was, I think, 230 last year. And then I had a handful of referrals uh, that I probably made another 30,000 on um, in different areas. So it was a really great year. Um, I think I made $69,000 was my salary at my previous job. So to, uh,
1: beauty of real estate, especially your first year. So you would get referrals, you would get people that were planning to move somewhere else and, and you would reach out and try to find, how would you choose somebody to refer them to?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's also something that I wanted to touch on, which is that, and it's something that I heard here on the podcast. It's like, I don't remember who it was with, but someone was like, no, you can tell people that you're a real estate specialist in the whole country. And if they are looking to sell their house anywhere, they can come to you. Right. And you will line them up with the perfect real estate agent to, uh, to serve them well. Right.
1: So in another state and they would think, oh, he can't help me. And you can say, no, you can help me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so when that was the case, I would just try to, I would do a ton of research and try to find, um, an agent that was, um, similar kind of style to myself. Um, and it would take a little bit of time, and it, it was actually really interesting how many agents just didn't answer their phone when I was trying to give them a deal. Um, that was that was kind of crazy to me. But um, lined some people up with some with some great agents. Um, a lot of them they were moving up here, and so they were looking for someone to sell their house wherever they were at, whether it was Southern California or something like that. Um, and then also had some clients that were moving moving away. So some to Seattle, some to South Lake Tahoe, which I would have loved to work South Lake Tahoe, but they wanted a specialist up there. Right. So um, refer them over and let them do their thing. And, and then just, you know, treat it like a partnership. So be involved in that transaction and check up on them while, while they're getting it done. You know, I love the the, the concept of
1: wouldn't believe how many agents you were calling to try to you know interview them on behalf of a client or give them a listing and they wouldn't answer their phone. And you're like, well, that's, that one's not the one on the list. If you know that some of the answers <laughs> important, but the, there yes. is like answer your phone is also just a tip out there. Like answer your phone and treat people with kindness, and uh, and try to provide value. And you never and never take one of them for granted because you never know, even by their voice or the way they talk. Like you never can judge a book by its cover and know right away that somebody. I was surprised by a number of cash buyers I've met along along the way or or different buyers that end up buying a bunch of different properties you just never know by age or anything. You talked about one of the tricks when you knocked on doors one of your skill sets so you're so you're like, hey, just have conversations and tell people what you do. Second thing you had is a list of resources so you have those resources and you had them because you were like you know in other industries, but that's something that someone could also like. If somebody is a is a new agent or they've been an agent and they're trying to just have more resources to have more conversations, like you could do a you can create your own list. Like, what are a lot of the ones that people are most common on? So you talk about like, is it like roofers and painters and contractors? Is it is it lenders and escrow officers? If someone was going to go build a list, so that way they would be ready to answer those questions. What would you tell them? What are the what's the most frequently asked stuff you've got?
0: Yeah, I, I would say for sure on the listing side, you're looking for you know number 1 would be a handyman that's super reliable that's like a really nice person that's going to take care of your client right and then you're looking for plumbers roofers electricians painters really being like hey if we're going to list your house you have this list of things that you want to do to get it ready on the market and that i think you should do to get it ready for the market but look let me if you need these people let me know and here's what i'm going to do i'm going to give you their number but first i'm going to call them and i'm going to talk to them and say hey this is my client. I need you to take care of them, you know, please, you know, when they call you, let me know how it's going and and give them your best service. And, you know, I have a plumber that he told a client, he goes, he, the, the client was so happy that he came out so quick and changed his water heater and did all this great work. And he's like, man, like, thank you so much. Like you came out so quickly. And this guy said, yeah, you know, when Chaz calls, we jump. That's what we do. And, you know, I think it's developing those relationships with those with those people um, and really taking care of them and treating them as well as you treat your clients because these guys are going to be the lifeblood of your business, you know? And and that takes time. That takes time and and that takes, you know, earning their trust. But it's it's a worthy investment. I'll tell you that. You know, when you can call someone and, and they are looking on You know, just on Google for a plumber, and no one's picking up their phone, and everyone says they're four weeks out, right? But you're like, oh no, hey, let me call my guy, this plumber. He'll he'll be over here tomorrow. He's going to change the water heater and he's going to give you a great deal. That value that that brings it—it's priceless, honestly.
1: Yeah, and that's homework and relationships you can be building. If you're in between deals, if you're in between stuff right now, like you could be going to lunch with handyman. You could go find the plumbers. You could go start to build those relationships with people so that. You're like ready. Like if you're on the bench, you're training and you're ready. So the day that you get to get pulled off the bench and get into the game, you, you've got your stuff out there. So, the so many people, it's like I think it's great advice and stuff we talked about today of, of how to get more deals this year, how to jumpstart your career if you're just getting started, and how to turn you know, one deal into four and then turn those four into 12 more. Chaz, these are my favorite interviews to do. Anytime I get to interview somebody that says, I started listening to your podcast before I got licensed. You listened to a ton of the podcasts before you got licensed and you got licensed and you hit the ground running. Congrats on an awesome first year. You told me before too, as you were listening to it, you said someday I'm gonna get on that podcast and get to come on and share. And you did not disappoint. Like the like I said, this is like a graduation and an exciting moment to come on. Any last thoughts you want to share and or just tell people how they can get a hold of you? If they've got questions about how it's working when you're knocking on doors, if they want to send you referrals, what's the best way to reach out to you?
0: Yeah. Um, I guess I'll say this, the knocking on door thing, I have little experience in and I'm still, uh, <laughs> hoping to, to figure, figure it that out.
1: Goes like, we'll see in a little while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But just really be intentional about your business. Wake up every day with the mindset of serving others, you know, whether that's with real estate or not. And yeah, if, uh, if there's any agents that are out of the area that are looking for someone really in Sacramento, Placer or El Dorado County, I would love to serve them. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just Chaz Halbert. Um, or yeah, just reach out that way. That's probably the easiest way. And uh, I would love to work with another agent referral wise, um, take care of your client. Um, or if there's any new agents that are just looking for advice, um, I think we just hit the tip of the iceberg of kind of my perspective of this business. I'd love to talk more about it. For anyone that is looking to, to do something in this business, um, whether they're local or anywhere around the country, I'd love to help. Very cool.
1: Chaz, I know people will be reaching out to you. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, and getting to add value uh, through the podcast to, to future uh, people, to future people I'm going to have on the on the show, to, to future agents that are growing. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of agents that are existing that you're going to help them double their business this year. So thanks again for coming on. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. All right, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Muchastegui.